Welcome back. Maybe it's welcome too. It's lunchtime. Lunchtime on the Louis Bellina Show, of course, is thanks to Rudy's Barbecue. Monday through Friday, noon to one. Thank you, thank you, Rudy's Barbecue. Welcome back or welcome to. It is the Louis Bellina Show. I say for better or worse because we get both here. Monday through Friday, 11 to 2. Joining me noons on Tuesday inside the Charles Schwab studio, Logan. Logan Lee. He played basketball at A&M and one, two, three, four, eight other schools. <laughs> he was the portal before we knew how to spell it. He also coached at A&M in Kentucky. He's officiated the game. And with my help, he knows some things about Aggie hoops and more. What's up, brother? What's going on, Lou? How was Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great. We uh, we went to California with the women's basketball team because, you know, my wife is a uh, play call or sorry, color analyst on radio. Uh, so it, we traveled. Doesn't it sound awesome and official when you have the word analyst? <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's like no one even might even know what you analyze, <laughs> but if you're an analyst, you have to be important, don't you? Hey, there are there are coaching analysts on all staffs now. They get paid a lot. Yes, they do. So maybe she should go try to do that. It, it would strike me as a much easier job. Mm, depends on what coach you're working for. Great answer. <laughs> it depends so go on ahead. You were in California with we the fam. We were in California. We went to, uh, we went to uh, flew into Oakland. They played at Berkeley. Won two games. Won the tournament. Uh, A&M women's basketball is going to be really good this year. And uh, yeah, we had a good time. Awesome. Took, took the kids out there. We, we we went down to San Francisco. They got to run across the Golden Gate Bridge, which wore them out, which was fantastic. Uh, took some pictures, learned about the Golden Gate Bridge, and then came back and watched two wins and flew back to College Station. So you know I don't have kids. So I, I don't do know what's good or bad parenting. But from what I've been taught in the world, it's really bad parenting, parenting to take your kids to Oakland. Um, Gangs, gang wars. I like will, Oakland is one of those towns you avoid. I will avoid Oakland from here on out. We were in, we were driving. I don't even remember where we were driving. Uh, and Q and my son, he looks out, he's watching, the, he's, he's looking out the window and he turns to me and he goes, Dad, why is there graffiti everywhere? <laughs> oh, he goes, man. We don't, he goes, we don't have this everywhere at home. I go, yeah, but we're in a different world right here. World. This at least you didn't have to go, hey, new- son. That sounds called gunfire. That's not fireworks. <laughs> I mean, right? I would have told them they were fireworks. I would have never told them it was gun. See? You took your kids to Oakland. You make, you're making me wonder Ber- about you. Berkeley's not any better. Really? I haven't been to Berkeley. I, San Francisco's not even better. The only reason oh. San Francisco the only reason San Francisco was clean is because they had some the Chinese, yeah. I don't know the right t- well, title anymore. Whatever it was, but they 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 cleaned up. The everything. leader of China showed up, they so moved, they cleaned up the whole city. They moved out all the homeless people, and I'm sure right now they moved them right back in. I mean, yes. San Francisco was clean, like it was clean. Now, and that there was is a not bunch the of, normal state. There was a bunch of boarded up windows, and every business every business location had a for lease sign on it. I, I don't know how they functioned because there was no business out there, but. You know, it was a great Thanksgiving. And the women won too. The men won too. It was a good weekend. No, it was a phenomenal weekend. Good weekend. You, okay, you mentioned the men won two. They actually played three, so they lost one. They played the second half against a preseason top 10 team without Coleman, without Tyrese. Odds are high you're going to lose. But yet uh, they yeah. battled. But yet they played them every minute of the game. They end up losing by, was it six? Yeah. 89, uh, 95, so I guess six. Something like that. Something like that. 
how did they end up getting like more credit in a loss than they maybe would have gotten a win? Because then they rallied from 21 down yep. on uh, the Sunday game. And here was my thought process. So they knew they were going with a new starting five because both Tyrese and Coleman didn't play because mm-hmm. they were injured and didn't play in the second half of the other game. And with Saturday being the only off day, I assume they didn't practice because they just played back-to-back, so they couldn't even practice with the new starting five. <laughs> so the first half of that game Sunday was their practice time with a new starting five, but that also then disrupts your bench rotation. Yep. So they went out there and practiced for a half and then finally figured out what was going to work and rallied from 21 down, down 10 at the half, and take a dub. It was pretty impressive. I, I thought the whole week was was really good. I, the outcome of the FAU game would have been different had Coleman and, and Radford been in it in the second half. I don't know if they would have won. I, I, can't, I can't take anything away from FAU because I think FAU is a really good basketball team. You know, the the... I guess the stat that they put up during the game is a Final Four team that lost to San Diego State last year is returning 90% of the playing time, of the rebounds, of the scoring, basically 92% of overall production from a Final Four team. I'd seen that preseason. That is fantastic. And when you look at them and the way that they play, they play as if they were a Final Four team. They had confidence in everything. They, they're not learning the system. They're not learning anything right now. They they're not are learning playing. each other, the coaches, the they, system. They are playing to win instead of hoping they win. Hey, let, let's put this into motion. Let, let's try to execute on this play because we haven't run it before. Or we haven't done this or we haven't been here. They look like they've won big games. And they have won big games, and that's why they won against How much minute. does a Final Four run? allow you to do that to a different degree Man. than even what you're saying though because you know the the confidence level like well they did it against group of five and division three or whatever right no no yep. no they did it in the show they yeah. did it in the dance they did it to the final four i mean the success they had doing it and to bring back 92 percent of it so they did it at the highest level but, well that's different different but what i like about fau is a team like fau and nothing against nothing against Florida Atlantic, but they're not a national powerhouse. They're not a big name. So if they go to the Final Four, it would have been really easy for them to not work out in the summertime, for them to be cocky and say, ah, oh, we've been there. We're just going to roll in. Or you come back hungry. Those kids came back realizing hungry, how close more. And believe you can do it again plus one more game. Absolutely. And they played hard and they played to win. And they were Did they play confident. smart and together? Oh, they might have. But A&M? Stuck with them without two of their main guys, without two of their top three players, stuck with them the entire time. And that was what was impressive. Now you go back to the, you, you talk about being down 21 points and then coming back and winning the game. That's impressive in itself because I agree with you. The first half was a practice for them. Now, semi-practice because you know how buzz is he he creates rotations and different matchups and he probably worked out all of those different rotations two months ago in practice that's yes. just how he is and and you roll your eyes because because it's true it's true and so he's right he he prepped for which this, is why he prepped for this scenario somewhere at the start of the sec whether it's one third or halfway through he finally narrows down the rotations <laughs> i.e three quarters of the season is done and magically, they become a top 10 team in the country because yep. they're not working 10 different rotations. Yep. But this year, they're going to have good wins in their non-conference schedule, and they won't have to worry about 
they had a, a cupcake schedule and are they going to be a 10 seed or well, are they going to be a hold on, Logan, seed? based upon health. Yes. Julius Marble still not playing. He's still not playing. And I don't expect him to play this year. Man, I don't I don't ever want to put the nail in the coffin, but it's 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 getting it's closer. It's gone on too long. It's getting closer. If it was cut and dried, he didn't do whatever. Whatever. You don't it need is. a month to look at it. Yep. If you're trying to find ways for this to not stick, if you're trying to uh well it's in the university's hands so right the university takes time and that's just how they are it is that's how it is if it's cut and dried no it never takes time does it mm, not necessarily all right you say okay i'll, I'll take your know. word for it we'll see who knows this just has a bad vibe all around it agreed and i don't even know what the it is i'm just being clear that the following past processes yep. This is not good. This is not good. So I'm speaking generic, using how these things tend to work. Nothing even specific about Marvel. Yep. Just how this tends to work. Agreed. Are you good with that? Agreed. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Just to be clear. Because again, anything I say can and often has been used against me. So <laughs> just, just to be clear about it. So I start with that. Did you know anything about Coleman and Tyrese oh, and their health? Excuse me. Uh, I... No, not necessarily. And that goes to show that even Buzz said at the beginning of the year, hey, if it's injury, we're not going to talk about it until they're ready to go. Um, I, I'm i not too worried about them. Um, you wouldn't be concerned about a, you know, like Radford, where all of a sudden at the half his foot just started to hurt, is the quote? Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm worried, but I'm not too worried about it because I know that that these two guys are tough and they want to play and they want to compete and they want to get back out there, you know, uh, not in the past. I have known freshmen and sophomore who they don't understand what their bodies can do and, and how much the team needs them. And if they're hurt, they, they're like, well, it hurts. I don't want to do it. Well, no, these two guys have been through it and they understand. And if they're injured, then that's one thing. But if, if they're hurt, they're going to play through it, and they're going to get it done, and, and we'll we'll figure that out here in the next week. Well, isn't part of the good news, they have like two games in two weeks? Because mm -hmm. talk about timing. So after a tournament in which you play three games in four days, instead of like past schedules, then playing another five games in six <laughs> days, because that's the truth. That's what in the year. We've, the past years, we've seen. Yeah, I think last year was may have been the worst. Okay. You play like seven games in, in ten? 10 days, and then you uh -huh. take two, a, like a two-week break or a 10-day break. But after seven and 10, including a tournament, it was nuts. Yeah. Now they went to the tournament. They come back. They will play tomorrow against Virginia, a traditional NCAA tournament team that's down yep. right now. Yep. But a traditional. And then another week later, they're going to host DePaul, which is a traditional make the NCAA tournament team. But two games, two weeks, during finals, during the end of the year, everybody has to adjust. I'm moving out of my dorm. Whatever, you know, <laughs> During this crazy time of the year for students, they only have two games in two weeks. Where Buzz now has seven games worth of data and can make his next round of adjustments oh, man. and have to deal with the health issues too. Those adjustments this is phenomenal. Be, yeah, it, it plays out exactly how A&M would want it to if the scenario happens where they have Radford and Coleman hurt but that's this is the way to go have a little rest play a game play a game that you can 
now see how rotations work without Radford and Coleman. Or if they're there, then, hey, you don't have to worry about it. But if they are out, then you get to see another set of data points of who plays well together. And then you have a week to game plan for the next the next opponent on that data set. Those so how did points. that work? Real-time data. Here we go, game two. It, yeah. It, it, it does. It, and it rest out. and heal and deal with everything else going on. Maybe they should go to Restore. That's your place, right? Yeah. Y'all do what? Store deadheads so that yeah. we can resurrect people in Abs- 10 years? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cryotherapy. They should do it. Cryotherapy. Cryotherapy. They, they should do that. <laughs> Could you just use just an arm or does it always have to be the head? Whatever you want. Really? Whatever you I, want. That's how far it's advanced. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I'm not a cryotherapist. Yeah, we do. Hey, look. I don't get the magazine cryotherapy if today. If you're going to push it on me, we can do localized cryotherapy, which is individual spot treatment. We can do whole body cryotherapy. Hey, they, maybe they should jump in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Isn't that the stuff that keeps you young and then you look like a freak like Michael Jackson? Well, I don't know if you look like a freak like Michael Jackson, but it helps you stay young. That's what I've always heard. <laughs> not going to lie. That, that, Let, it's wait, good for you. Let me rephrase that. It may or may not help you stay young. Individual results may vary, <laughs> correct? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I got a serious question for you. So with all the scary stuff you do over there, what's the website? Restore.com. Why do you make it so hard? Very easy. R-E-S-T-O-R-E.com. R-E-S-T-O-R-E. There you go. (laughs) Aretha Franklin could have handled that for you. A&M basketball, and I find this fascinating. Let's go with the seven-game mark. Mm -hmm. Most impressive player to date. Uh, Man. I'm going to have to go with Wade Taylor. I took Coleman. No, because, I, I, so no. So the reason I you say, know Henry Coleman. The the reason I say no is because I don't know where he's at right now in regards to. I guess you said to date. I was talking about overall. No, I still I still go with Wade. I don't necessarily like a lot of the shot selection that he takes, but we've talked about this before. You live with it and you die with it. And more more often than not, you're going to live with it. And you're not your team isn't going to struggle because of it. It's just like Alex Caruso. When he was at AM, you lived with some of the turnovers because you knew oh. that those passes were going to happen and they were going to create plays that not not everybody can make. You also knew Crusoe was going to fill up the whole stat sheet. Exactly. So if there's four turnovers, there's probably four more assists, and then there's three steals and why does he have two blocks on top of it? And, oh, it's an eight-rebound game to go at 14 points. And, yeah, it, it, you yes. Know, you know who my other guy was? Who? Anderson Garcia. Fascinating. I, really, I thought his points were off. I, I agree with that. But if you look at what he does on the court. He's one of the few that still plays defense. He sco- Absolutely, he plays defense. And he, he rebounds the ball like crazy. Even if he doesn't get a rebound. He's putting a body on someone to not let them get a rebound. Even if he doesn't have a ton of points, he scores the bucket when it's necessary, when the team needs it. He is... Mm, this is this may hurt to say, but I'm going to say it. He is the Dominique Kirk of, of the teams of the past because he, because Dominique Kirk was a glue guy. A&M wasn't winning all those games without Dominique Kirk. And even though his stat sheet may not fill up all the time, without him out there, without him, without Dominique Kirk, 
holding Jerry McNamara to zero field goals in his last collegiate game ever. And A&M, and, and, A&M doesn't beat Syracuse. And for those that don't remember, McNamara was the entire story. He was the only player talked about Absolutely. the entire four days leading because y'all played Syracuse Thursday. Yep. He was all they talked about. He was going to score 50. Yeah. And be, and they were going to beat AM 50-45 with McNamara scoring 50. So Absolutely. And so you look at, at Andy Garcia, I think he does all of those little things. And, How many and, Kirk was so elite? <laughs> like, he like, was so, like I said, it may hurt coming out. You could put Kirk little, on the seven foot one center, and you could put him on the point guard. Yep. And it just didn't. You just put said, you see their best defender. I'm sure Billy Clyde and tape sick him. <laughs> you didn't even give him a game plan. Like you didn't give him. A, just go know, do what you do. Here's film study. Sick him. Go do what you do. It was amazing. And oh! and but but that's that's how I view Garcia in, in regards to the hustle plays, the rebound, the the ball screen defense, whether it's trapping or if it's if it's hedging hard and getting back or if it's switching just in totality and hey now you have to guard the point guard thirty five feet from the basket. Okay, Garcia Coach, does do it. it all. He's got that same thing, I, and, right? And, that, and that's why I really like him because they're rare. I mean, duh, they are, but man. you don't find people that guard everyone on the court. And he has that length that that, that and the athleticism. I mean, he he's got some surprise some surprise bounce when he needs seven it. games. Coleman has four double doubles. I'm gonna take stick with him. I agree. I agree. You don't have to make it sound so painful though. Henry Coleman, four double doubles. Oh, like maybe maybe it's just because I take him for granted, and that and that could be the case. Maybe I just take him for granted that he is what he is. He frustrated he, he me most of last year. I know, but I think underperformed. <laughs> so now that he is, I will not will not take him for granted. We'll be back. Logan Lee, Louis Bellina, inside the Charles Schwab studio. Logan, you grew up in San Antonio, right? I did. You've heard mariachi before, a couple of times. Have you heard metal mariachi? I have not. But okay. I have now. Oh, we've been doing it all day. Sorry. <laughs> I found this band. I love covers. So, and they do they do summers. It's all covers and metal covers. And I'm like, they did Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> this is awesome. Sweet Child of Mine. And I'm sorry, they're awesome. Like, I like it. I can jam to this. Oh, one of my funnest Christmases ever was doing the Riverwalk Christmas, spending like mm-hmm. a week, week and a half in San Antonio. And you got the food and the river walk with the lights. And I stay away from the gang areas. We're back to that again where we started uh, our day together. I, I, that would be smart of you. Yep. So I had an amazing time down in San Antonio. Logan Lee, former player A&M, Billy Clyde, Gillespie area. Louis Bellina, always a player inside the Charles Schwab studio. <laughs> oh, that was a good but, one. Thank nice. you. Nice. You know. Hey, once every month. You, 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 had, you hadn't said that one before. I like it. Thank you. Hey, once a month. New, I have something new, to hey, say. New season, new material. I like it. Hey, a top 15. A&M goes to the tournament. They lose a game. And the fact they only dropped two spots tells you the respect A&M's getting. Yep. Because they were 12 in the AP. They went to 14. Uh, got the latest bracketology. What you got for me? They stayed on the line. There it is. With a loss. No, no, with a loss. Think about it. I know. Normally that's you what lose I'm saying. You go from that three to the five and all yeah. that. And you go from 12 to 18. Even though you lost to a five, ooh, which remember... They had lost some respect because the week before the tournament, they lost to the University of Nobody. Which is which is tough. That is A&M where, stayed on the three line for but, those that wanted the final answer on that. But that is where A&M, that's where A&M was two, two years, even last year, really. The, hey, every game you lose, no matter who it is to, you are dropping three or four spots. No matter who it's Because A&M to. didn't get respect. Exactly. No matter if you lose to a team that was ranked higher than you, you are still dropping 
because of what everybody else has done and because there's no respect. I think Buzz and his team have proven that they are veterans, that they know how to play. They're not going to get blown out. They're not going to lose games that they're not supposed to lose. They're going to win all of those games. And they're going to, in my opinion and in my hopes, make a run this year. I, I think they have it in them to, to be a second game, second weekend type team. I have mixed feelings about that. It, it's Buzz, depend is, on the seed. Buzz is a bit rigid. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. The tournament requires a lot of fluidity. Yep. I don't we're gonna have to see if Buzz can handle the tournament. But if you if you give Buzz time But you don't make, have time in the tournament. Listen hear me out. If My you apologies. give Buzz time to make adjustments, he learns from everything. Yes. You don't think that he learned from last year? You don't think he learned from from game planning and how to adjust in tournaments? I think he has. I, I mean, they adjusted at the end of this last tournament without Henry Coleman and Tyrese Radford. That was incredible. And they may, and they may like Iowa State may not have been ranked. I think Iowa State is going to be a good basketball team. They are going yeah. they are going to play play in the Big Twelve, and they're going to win some games that turn people's heads in the Big Twelve against because um, the Big Twelve is a, that's a basketball conference. I mean, they, they Big have, Twelve according to Lenardi will have the most teams in, and they're going to have ten. All of them? The Big 12. Remember, they expanded. They now have Cincinnati. Oh, BYU. yeah, they do. So they're going to have 10 out of 14. The SEC will have the second most, 8 out of 14. I, I think. I so mean, there you go. I, I think the Big 12. People are going to hate me for this. I think the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the country. Take it back. <laughs> Take it. You know I it's the SEC. <laughs> I don't know why you're hating uh, on the you SEC. Stop. You it stop just that. means more. You stop that. Not yet, at least. Wow. The SEC is making strides, but not yet. Once Texas OU joins, then it becomes a lot stronger. Uh, Pac-12 dead. Remember when the Pac-12 was the best conference? And I mean, it wasn't close. When we talk yeah, about hoops, absolutely. they played the exciting style. They usually had four of the top eight teams in the country. Yeah. Arizona ruled the world. Yes. Ah, the olden days. Yes. And and everybody wanted to play in the Pac-12. But now I think, I think you're looking at – so – because of the landscape and because of the different styles of play, people want to play in, if you're an athlete, you want to play in the SEC. If you are a basketball historian, you want to play in the ACC. If you're a rough and tumble guy, you want to play in the Big Ten. If you're just an overall basketball dude, you want to play in the Big 12. That's a great statement. Like that's, just, that's just how those conferences are. And so, it, Because they are different styles, it's hard to say which conference is better. Because they all have really good basketball teams. I think I, that's a brilliant state. I, I, I think you nailed it. Are you calling me brilliant? A no. genius? No. Like and Emily, make sure to edit this out of the podcast. <laughs> I don't want anyone to hear this for all time. But I, and and I, I make those statements because Iowa State is a basketball school, and they play mm -hmm. good basketball, and they have good. They have a they have a talented roster, and the win against Iowa State is going to look really good on A and M's resume. Beating a top 40 or 60 Iowa State is better than beating the University of Suwannee, Northern McNeese State of the Blind, and the usual suspects. Yep. And Iowa State is almost the perfect team to play yeah. in the non-conference because they're a basketball program 
that gets basketball respect, they themselves will schedule well. Yep. And that's part of how networks is inheriting your opponents. Yep. And they're I don't know what their net is, right? I mean, are they top no, sixty? I, I mean, what you would expect. They will if they're be. not top twenty five by the end of the Big Twelve, like you yeah. where the direction you're going, they will be. Absolutely. Just they'll have they to be. from playing a Big Twelve schedule. Yep. They're a perfect opponent. Sign a ten year deal with them. Because <laughs> they're the perfect opponent. It, it, and sometimes people don't get that too. And I think I think the that's the net. DePaul, sign a ten year deal. They're yeah, another perfect agreed. example. Agreed. But I, I think the loss to FAU will actually probably play in A and M's favor. Now, obviously, if you beat them, it, it's it's a no brainer. But if you're going to lose to somebody, a loss to FAU will be top to twenty be, all year, even is, if they don't hold top is ten. Is going to be acceptable in the committee's eyes. Because one, you didn't have two of your three best players in the second half, and you still hung with them and made it a game. And two, FAU is a good ball team. They're, they're going to be in the good. tournament. You lost the tournament team. They're going to be in the tournament period. That's an acceptable loss period. See, yep. it, and, and what line they're going to be on, et cetera, TBD. But they're in. And then they're preseason top ten that everyone loves. And then your game against Virginia. You don't want to schedule a ten-year deal with them. But nope. uh, this year, they aren't the Virginia of past, at least not yet. Is this the greatest non-conference schedule ever? Because I say and yes. It, it falls in AM's favor in, in so many ways. There was one year, and I've had you know many years in beer, so my memory isn't what it used to be. <laughs> but there was the one year, Iowa State, middle of December, at the old, I don't know if it was G. Raleigh. And they're ranked like three in the country. There's only 10 of us there for the game. <laughs> But they also faced another top 10 that came here, like two top 10s in the same year. Like the rest of the schedule, I don't even remember, but does it matter if two top 10s make their not. way here in the non-conference? Nope. And Iowa State was one of them. And they were three or six. And it just, and again, there's like, okay, in all reality, I think there's 350 people, not 50. And it was so nuts. I'm trying to remember that one. It, it was back probably 90s. And I know people all of a sudden are like, oh, Lou's doing the get up my porch thing. How old is he? <laughs> but it just, I remember that. And I don't know. Was it the. That was before mine. And it could have been the Watkins era. It could have been the Baroni era. Because they all blur. <laughs> when you have such stewing hunk of garbage, it doesn't differentiate itself. Wow, Lou. Did I say anything inaccurate? I, I don't know. I do. I was there. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. That's then, all. Then sure, you're right. Thank you. I really appreciate you agreeing with me. <laughs> How do you grade the six and one start? I grade it as a an A minus, maybe a B plus, B plus, B plus. Um, there are some things that they can improve on. I thought Wade Taylor was pressing in the beginning, and he didn't play the way he he should be playing. But I think he's coming into a good feel for where this team needs him. Uh, I'm going to hold him to high standards just because of preseason accolades and because I know what he can do and I know how he finished the year. So even though I think he is having a good year, I am holding him to a much higher standard, and I'm going to say he needs to continue to improve if this team needs to get where they, they need to be. Um, I am very impressed with the fact that they have had zero letdowns, I think. They have not no-showed a single in, game. Even in in-game scenarios, there have been some spans where you're like, oh, what, perfect. what are they doing? They've had bad halves of the shooting, but, but that's the human it, element. But they haven't let it snowball into, mm -hmm. into bigger issues, and I think that they have grown. And they have not no-showed. There yep. hasn't been a game yet that Absolutely. you sit there and go, oh, they didn't know what time tip was. Or, exactly. Or what is that effort? 
That, exactly. That's beautiful. And considering, you know, weird days, necessarily weird times early on, that happens all the time, actually. It's and, normal. And because I don't want to give them an A right now just because I want them to get better, I'm, that's the only reason I'm going with a B plus. <laughs> I got no problem that's, that's, with the grade. That's the only reason. I got no I, I gave them the straight A. Just because with injury, you rallied from 21 down. With yep. injury, you took a top 10, yep. currently top 20 team. No, lost by six without two of your starters, not just any two. I, I see the development yep. taking place. That's a part of the grade for me. I, I I see all the players working towards their finish line. I, I give the A, a, a very happy A. Um, I think they're better than when the season started through seven games. Agreed. I think they're better than where they were last year. Oh, so thousand percent. I, so I give it that. A. Just it could go to an F. It can go to A plus. Life is short. I'm still sticking with my B plus because I just don't want to give them an A because I want them to be better. And I will throw this into the universe too. Uh oh. Can't wait for SEC play to start and see what this team's going to oh, do. Oh, I agree with that. One last text message. What you got from the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox? Jamie, class of '73, so he's older than me. Ha! Take that. <laughs> Said love listening to you too. Logan hates being here. We got to drag him out <laughs> each Tuesday. So thank you, Jamie. Maybe that'll convince him more. Maybe, maybe that's why I take the stairs, hoping that I won't make it up the stairs and I won't have to I get on the show. I keep telling Logan, I'm going to have to send Emily. It'll be like 12.05 <laughs> one day, and I'm like, Emily, take a flashlight. Go search the uh, go search the stair- stairwell. See how many breaths he has. Go see if Restore can help him now. <laughs> or at least freeze him until he, his, his body comes back to life. We'll just throw ice cubes at you, see if you move. That's the closest I got to Restore. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate the text. Logan, talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah, Lou. Be awesome, brother. Logan Lee, former player, Billy Clyde era, coached AM Kentucky. Tuesdays hangs out with me inside the Charles Schwab studio. It is the Louis Bellina Show. Wednesday. Presented by BB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. It is time. Text message sweep. Time to jump inside the Texas. Mobile One Lube Express inbox. I promised you 12:35, and we'll say ish, ish. We begin as soon as I can find where the beginning is. See, isn't that awesome? Begin in the beginning. Joe Orsack said, "Good morning. Why does it seem like the team played in a much higher level after Jimbo Fisher was relieved of his coaching duties? Do you think he was holding the team back? Yes, that's why he was fired. I mean." I don't know how else to answer. Yes, he was holding the team back. Now, you say the team played in a much higher level. Let us all be honest with each other, if we could, for just a second. This team beat Mississippi State, who was 80th out of 133. Abilene Christian, and that was so unimpressive. Struggling to break 30 against a team that was given up 40 and 50 to group of five and D2 teams. That Abilene Christian win was not impressive. And then the LSU game played out like every other game this year against the ranked team on the road. Halftime lead up by 10 in the third quarter. And in the end, you lose by two scores. So the, the team played at a much higher level and struggled against Abilene Christian, did the same thing they've done all year against ranked teams on the road, on the road period. So the whole much higher level, I think, has to be analyzed for a second, personally. On top of that, why would they play? Because the players 
are not idiots. I've said this last year, this year in season. They know when things don't make sense. They know when things are being done wrong. Do you think the players didn't know that Jimbo and his offense didn't work? That Petrino calling Jimbo's offense, but not his. Players are not stupid. I'm not going to say that athletes should be speaking out on politics or, you know, reform or, but when it comes to sports, they know they've lived it. And when things are dumb and things don't make sense and things don't add up, they know. So when Jimbo was relieved, guess what? They were freed from just that. And they could just try and win games again. That's, that's my thought. But much higher level, three games after Jimbo. That Mississippi State game was a revelation. Abilene Christian game was bad. O-line stunk again, and they struggled to break 30 against a team that gave up 40 and 50. And the LSU game looked like every other game against a ranked team on the road. So I, I think we have to analyze carefully. Johnny in Dallas, text message sweep here on the Louis Bellina Show as I sit inside the Charles Schwab studio. Johnny in Dallas, Big Lou, what's up, brother? The conspiracy theorist in me says Jimmy Sexton pushed Stoops and very, very quietly Bjork used the Aggie Network to make the revolt happen and get who he really wanted in Elko, just a theory. Yeah, I think that's about 90% wrong. That's all. That's all. I, I, I don't think that's right. I think there was politics. I think there was BMA alums. I think there was disgruntled board of regents. I think the AD at every university gets used as a pawn at times. I think it was leaked by someone who didn't want it. I think the process failed at two strokes till midnight and worked in the end. My thoughts. More text messages. Zach and BCS. Having not really heard Elko speech much, English, having not really heard Elko speak much during his previous time here, correct, Jimbo did not allow his coordinators to speak. Right now, one of the, I know, this is a Lou Media thing. Elko, in the media Q&A, the very first thing he did is joke about not being able to speak under Jimbo. It was a joke, no attack or anything. It was a joke. It was a great comment to the media. The way Elko spoke to everyone with every comment was brilliant. It was like master level. And that opening statement was a statement to the media. I'm hoping he lets his coordinator speak at media day in fall camp. If, if you hire your coordinators and you, uh, when I say free reign, no one has free reign to be a crackhead. No one has free reign to do stupid things. Head coach's job is to oversee every coach on a staff. You understand when I say free reign, he lets them rule until he has to step in. The OC runs the offense. His DC runs the defense. He runs both of them. But you're not sitting there and micromanaging the game plan and jumping in on game day going, you know what I think worked, guys? You know what I'm saying. I think we understand. But I wanted to be clear on this conversation. So if you hire them and you trust them to be their own kingdom, then why don't you trust them to speak? Now, I have a partial answer to my own question. There are some coordinators that don't want to speak. There are some coordinators that don't want to do the dance. They don't want to have to do the five-note card approach. They don't want to have to deal with, oh, 
hope coach doesn't get pissed I said this. They appreciate that the coach keeps them away from the rest of the world. Okay. I mean, seriously. There's, there's reasons for everything. But in general, well, one voice, one message, that means you're scared of your coordinators to me. Eight times out of ten, because nothing's 100%. I hope Elko lets his coordinator speak. I think it'll add depth to a, you and I. We listen to Media Day every Monday. Having the coordinators actually speak about things that actually they do, I think would add to our experience. Oh, back to Elko. Let's see. The question was Zach and BCS. I was very impressed with how he won that presser. Winning and losing, I don't think that was his goal. I think he came in with a job. He wanted to talk to his current players. He wanted to talk to the recruits. He wanted to talk to players 10 years from now. He wanted to talk to the High School Coaches Association. He wanted to talk to the media. He came in with the list of people he needed to talk to. I don't think he wanted to win anything. I don't think he tried to win anything. Seriously, too. I think it had nothing to do with nothing of winning. And I love that. Oh, it went into the confidence he exuded. His matter-of-factness about how you win and there's no elevator. And everything came back to work. And it didn't matter what part he was talking about. I don't think he won yesterday. I think he just told us this is how it's going to work. And there's a difference. Okay. A quick, like, a quick like aside. If you've been with the Louis Bellina show any length of time. You know he said something that didn't just ring a bell, but perfect synchronicity. I am show me, don't tell me. What did he say yesterday? We're going to quit talking about it and we're going to do it. He said that and I think a tear started to form in my right eye because the talk is orchestrated. Everybody knows the right thing to say. Have you ever had a coach say, I don't know how much we're going to win. We're just, you know, whatever comes our way, that's cool. Every coach knows the right thing to say. If they don't, someone preps them. I mean, the words are empty and hollow. What happens on Saturday is the final answer on the exam. That's all that ever matters. Talking about a kid who's coming out of high school and how many Heismans he's going to win and what NFL draft pick he is before he plays his first snap has always struck me as just so absurd. Make him do something. And that, when Elko said that, I can't even tell you. Like, the joy and the truth of it because that's how I've always been. Hey, Lou, we're returning X, and this guy had five and seven stars. And, and in high school, he ran for 9,000 yards in two games. And just show me. You can't tell the development within the program until he gets on the field. So the stars in high school mean nothing. That's not true. That's a lie. Composite equals DNA. So stars add up, but the individual almost means nothing. The composite does. Attrition's accounted for even in the composite numbers. Show, show, show. And what did he say? We're going to kind of quit talking about it and we're going to show you. We're going to do it. And I'm like, thank you. I wanted to hug him, but I was here inside the Charles Schwab studio and I wasn't there because that's the thing that's been missing. That's the thing that's been frustrating. That's the thing that, man, I don't know how many, thing, how many people just don't get 
how many Aggie projections and expectation are based upon things that haven't happened or have never happened, but this time magically it will happen? I mean, ask yourself that. Seriously, stop for a moment. Ask yourself that. How many A&M projections are based upon things that have never happened, but magically this is the time? That's all. Moving on. Michael Graves texted as Petrino still the OC. I'd say through the bowl game. Brandon in College Station. Elko had a really good press conference yesterday. He feels very blue collar, and he did a good job of reaching out to pretty much every segment of the fan base, players, coaches, etc. True. Dale and Tabor. Ah. It's, it's, okay, Dale, you said, I'm just going to take an excerpt of what Dale said, but I got the vibe from the national media spelled ESPN. And I'm going to stop. Everything you said before and after is not relevant. Why do you care about the vibe from ESPN? You know the national media vibe. National media has one guy that's pro and one guy that's con. And depending on who, no, no, depending on what you're doing, that guy is louder. Everybody, national, had the one guy that hated A&M. No matter what A&M did, he hated A&M. He never said anything nice about A&M. In the end, the Jimbo experiment hire failed. The guy that was con was right. The guy that even though the first three years of the Jimbo era worked very well, even at that time, he was doomsaying. Based on nothing, he was right in the end. So your ESPN, CBS Sports, Barrett Salee, all of them are sitting here peacocking now. See, I told you five years ago based on nothing and I'm right in the end. But that's what they do. Nothing about the guy that was wrong. The guy that told you five years ago, Jimbo will win 10 national championships. I was wrong about Jimbo. I can tell you that. I thought he'd be 10 win men starting in year two. I said that. I was wrong. I didn't know about his lack of versatility, adjustability, modernity. I didn't. That's the missing element of the equation that I had no clue about. That's why I was wrong. So why do you care what ESPN thinks? You know, since Jimbo's fired, you have the ESPN hit article, the athletic hit article. I have moved 82% beyond Jimbo. All I've cared about is new, the new coach, the new era, the new beginning. I don't care what other thing, other national media websites, et cetera, think about the Mike Elko hire. You know why? Use Elko's words. Does it matter what they think or does it matter the wins on Saturday? Because what he does on Saturdays, the work they do before the Saturdays, that's all that will matter. All the projections based upon the recruiting classes and all the returning player percentages and all the national championship DNA and blue chip ratio, I'm including things I believe in, mean nothing. All that matters is Saturdays. So if Elko comes out next year, 9-3 and three after the past two, three trash seasons, and bowl 10, stock up A&M. 
If he comes out and he goes seven and five, same as Jimbo with everybody returning, no one's going to give him, oh, it's year one, he needs a second. That's not going to happen. Don't care about ESPN. Don't care about other national media. Why care about what Longhorns think? Why care about what, you know, Crimson Tide think? Is it enough just to live in this world, which is the Maroon and White world? I'll be back. It is the Louis Bolina Show. I think that's clear by now. And I'm inside on a Tuesday still, the Charles Schwab Studio. Support for you comes from Mark Sim. He's our local Schwab agent, Schwab representative, just Schwab dude. You can talk to him, look him in the eye, shake his hand. No phone trees, no call centers halfway across the world. An actual dude, actual human, Mark Sim. Look him up online, schwab.com slash college station. The Louis Bolina Show, we're kind of done. It's lunchtime. Lunchtime is thanks to Rudy's Barbecue. We got a lot of text messages in there. So still to come, we'll do another text message sweep uh, before 2 o'clock. Going to try. That's the key word is try. Because I know we have our Ross Bjork listen in in the 1 o'clock hour. He did a media Q&A right after Mike Elko. And you can hear more about the process. But our mascot of the week, 150-151, thanks to Waggy Pet Zone. That also still to come. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.